tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast, presented by AmbiSecrets.org. I'm your host, Boken Silver, Nathan Nassau. And today, we are going to be continuing our little uh, review as we continue to be students of Jukin as we take a look at Jukin Sentai Gekin Ranger. Last time we take a look at the uh, first 11 lessons, that's what these episodes are called. And today, we will be continuing that uh, as we take a look at 12 through 21. Uh, pretty uh, self-explanatory. Uh, we got the whole crew on here again, so uh, go ahead and uh, announce yourselves to the audience, guys, one by one. Patrick, the pink and red. <laughs> yep. I'm red. I'm, uh, Anthony. I'm Anthony. red. Oh, sorry. Damn it, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought you were going to go um, back. I mean, I do, but I want to cut you off this time. Oh. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm red, Gokai red, and I have to ask, why am I here? But we'll get into that. <laughs> Just to suffer. <laughs> Suffer. <laughs> uh, I'm Anthony. I'm Trigger Green. Okay, before we dig into this, uh, I actually made Riz and Patrick a promise uh, at the end of the uh, previous podcast. Uh, so, Anthony, uh, you left early in the last podcast, which is fine. You know, we don't we don't blame you. But <laughs> Riz and Patrick are very curious to say why this is your favorite Sentai because. I wasn't really able to, def because they had problems with it the last few lessons that we took a look at, wow. and I'm not really able to defend it that much, because, like, I do like this Sentai, but it's not one that I love, love, and, like, all, they were making valid criticism, so I was in kind of an awkward position, so now that you're here, could you just kind of tell these guys more, like, why you like this Sentai so much? And I'll back well, you up if I agree with you, but just go no, ahead. No, no, you're good. For me, it's honestly, it's just the choreography of the, choreography of the fight scenes, and we, we're still pretty early in the, in the season, so, like, when, when it gets to the really, really good stuff, that's when, you, that's when you're like, wow, this actually is really good. Yes, John can still be annoying, but it, it, it's, it's a lot to, it's a, it's a really well paid off at the end, I'm telling you, like, like. You'd be like, wow, this is this is actually really, really good. I <laughs> really burn. hope so. Yeah. yeah, it's saying it's sort of slow burn. Right, this this is beyond it. slow burn, bro. This is to set the stage right now, I am not a happy camper watching Geki Ranger. <laughs> um I I I know I gave a lot of crap to Jetman last last time but there are things in jetman i prefer to watch over some of what zon does like zon is on par with my hatred of the love square mm -hmm. heck zon is on par with my hatred of ninja red right now oh lord wow no dude straight up that dude just bugs me like, I know he's a jungle boy. I know he's trying to adapt to a new world. But dear God, this isn't how you do it. 
Like, if he was not so selfish, I'd be more okay with him. But no. So it's kind of like one of those things where, like, if he was not so, like, douchey when it comes to, like, him and him being around the others, you kind of would, if he was, if he was just, like, just being him, like, being how, like, Goku was from Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball, you probably see that as, oh, that's adorable, but no, he's not like that. I mean, it depends, right? So Goku, Goku and the Red Ranger trope are different to me. Goku is intentionally stupid. The yes. Red Ranger is somebody who should be inspiring, you know, leadership and team camaraderie and, you know, goodwill and all that stuff, right? But Don is so freaking selfish that, man, it, it's terrible. The only kind, the only like, l- like kind of airheaded red Sentai red that I've seen that I think actually works is uh, Abba Red from Abba Ranger. Okay, I'll agree with you there. From what little I've seen of it, I like him yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah. I he, didn't. Partic- I didn't particularly find Go on Red to be that annoying because that was yeah, yeah. yeah. Was- I forgot about Selske. <laughs> yeah, but because. He wasn't like an outlier. That's just how the whole team was, <laughs> yeah. for the for the most part. But we could talk more about John. I mean, I I think the big issue that Riz clearly has is John above everything else. So, well, I have other issues, but they 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 are secondary to him. Yeah, uh, and I'm gonna go into more detail on those as we go through the episodes, because there are things that you've told me. Uh, off the record in our group chat or maybe in the podcast last time that yeah. I have many opinions on that are much different. So uh, we'll have some fun today, I think. Yep. Okay, well, since we got that little uh, promised little section out of the way now, um, we can uh, jump right in. Uh, I'm going to give a brief recap of Geki Ranger from our last review, which I have to um, do quite a bit since uh, we began last time. But uh, so to kind of, uh, you know, give the basic plot, which uh, thankfully this is one of uh, several Sentais that has an opening narration in its theme, which I appreciate because this is one that really needs it. Uh, there are two schools for the martial arts known as Jukin, which is a form of Kung Fu that mimics the movements and abilities of animals uh the geki rangers are part of geki juken beast arts a school that teaches juken for discipline justice and peace and their opponent is the rin juken hall which uh believes in power strength above everything and wants to take over the world our three geki rangers include the tiger fist wielding jungle boy john kondo who is geki red he was raised by tigers before he was found in the wild uh, the cheetah fist wielding tomboy Ron Uzaki, who is Geki Yellow, and the jaguar fist uh, wielding art and serious uh, guy uh, Retsu Fukami, Geki Blue. Uh, they represent the perfect triangle of the three attributes of uh, Geki Juken. Heart. Um, John represents body, Ron Heart, 
and Retsu uh, technique, which does play a huge part in their uh, fighting styles. And we'll actually get to a look in that a little bit when we get to one of these episodes. Uh, the Geki Rangers are assisted by their master, the cat-like Kensei, uh, Fist Sages. They're these animal, um, they're these animal-like humanoids that are masters of a uh, Geki Juken. Uh, master Shafu, he's a cat. Um, and the other allies is a retired leopard fist wielder named Miki Misaki, who is a high executive at the Scratch Sporting Goods Company and helps finance the creation of their gear and weapons. And uh, to um, top off the main cast, we have our villains, the leaders of the Rinjuken Hall, which is the Lion Fist wielder Ryo, a former student of Master Shafu who lost his family to a monster and wants to become the strongest and most powerful warrior, uh, wielder of Juken. He can transform into the Black Lion Warrior. He is assisted by Melee, who's a Rinjuken beast with a human form. She wields the Chameleon Fist and has a green monster form, which is basically a ranger form. I mean, there is a ranger key made for it in Gokaiger, so there you go. Uh, through Juken, the Geki Rangers are able to summon their Geki Beasts through spiritual uh, energy, and they can combine to form Geki Toja. And finally, to end this recap, in the very last episode, the Geki Rangers met another Kensei, an elephant named Elahong, who taught Ran how, Ron how to wield his elephant fist weapon, the Geki Hammer. They were able to summon Geki Elephant, an auxiliary mech that can combine with Geki Toja. And most importantly, Ryo revived the Sky Fist Kinma, a fist demon. These are basically the evil equivalents to the Kensei uh, called Kata, who's like an, a hawk fist wielder. So that uh, now moves us on to Lesson 12. Uh, sorry for that really long recap, guys, but now we can jump in. Uh, lesson 12, Zoan, Zoan, Confrontation Beast Fist Training Starts. Uh, this is a Rio-centric episode. It's a single episode. Um, it mostly revolves around him. Uh, pretty much uh, so, while the Geki Rangers, um, you know, they're, they're doing their thing where uh, they're battling against this eel confrontation beast who has this slime that you know, makes him immune to attacks because he made things so slippery, and they visit a bathhouse to get some training on how to beat him. Uh, the bulk of this is that Kata takes Ryo as a student and puts him through a lesson where Ryo is shown his past, or shown more of his past, that his family was killed by an unknown monster, which drove him into becoming the man he is today, and most of it revolves around the training. Um... It's, uh, actually, I think I've spoken uh, quite a bit already. I can let one of you guys uh, start off with uh, talking about this episode real quick. So go ahead, guys, whoever wants to go first. Uh, okay, Patrick, you can go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was a pretty straightforward episode, actually. Um, Beginning to delve into Rio's character a little bit is good. Uh, I kind of have an idea where this is going. Mostly because I have heard some of what happens later in the season, but I don't know all the details. So, I'm curious just to see how we get from point A to point B here, but... Man, 
I, I kind of wish that they do more with the Gekki Ranger other than the whole mundane task is a lesson thing. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I like this approach to having the the Gekki Rangers learn, but it, it really does feel like, and th this is going to be a, a, a trend going forward to the rest of these episodes we're talking about today, where the, their, their characterization just kind of gets left as a an afterthought. And I, I, I'm not particularly a fan of this approach to the the core three. Yeah. As I, I know Riz is probably going to agree with me on that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff here to unpack, but <clears throat> the big the big thing here is you're right. The, the character development is a definite afterthought. Um, we'll get into more detail on my thoughts there later. Anthony and Nathan already know it. From our from my outburst in our Instagram D DM chat the other day, yeah, but Patrick, I'll save you a nice little surprise uh, for later in this podcast. But no, I, I think so. I don't know. I don't remember my exact position in the last podcast we did, but I do know that prior to starting episode twelve, you and Nathan kind of persuaded me that okay, the idea of doing menial everyday task and stuff to train is actually a pretty cool idea but it was cool for like the first couple of times but now it's turning kind of boring to me so like i'm not a, big of a fan i don't of the know task anymore i don't know if i would say it's boring i just wish that it was with character development of some kind. Yeah. Because and that's, we, well, that's why I call it boring, is because there's nothing like, okay, so if if he had done something like playing to their strengths and weaknesses and like what their interests are, like, hey, let's have an episode where um, Retsu uses his painting to, you know, like a training technique. That could have been cool. But they don't play to those character strengths and weaknesses. They just kind of like, okay, bath towel, cool. We're gonna do that now. But like, it, it just feels like okay. So on one hand, it's unique in that they're training him in a different way, but it's also a cop out to me in that it's it's becoming a trend of, well, you have a new enemy, time to learn a new menial task that'll help you save the day. And I'm not sure how I feel about that beyond I don't like it. It's it's a very style over substance show up to this point. It which, is. I which, can agree with that actually. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. can which can be good if done right, but I mean some episodes it works for me, other episodes it doesn't. And that's yeah. that's kind of where the problem is. Because there's going to be an episode that we're going to talk about. I think it's the next two-parter or something where I th think it works mm -hmm. amazingly. But this this episode isn't <laughs> isn't that. Yeah, no. 
I do want to say, though, that I think the Geki Ranger subplot with them training, like, I think the menial task is a bit better than what we actually got with the, with the Jungle Fury episode, because, like, because... I will hard disagree with you right there. I don't no. remember what... I don't remember what the Jungle Fury episode this was. Okay, the Jungle Fury episode is that okay, okay, okay. The the stuff with Jared and Carnosaur is based. Okay, maybe not the same, same, but it's still it's mostly a Jared episode where he's going through training with Carnosaur, which yeah. I think that part that stuff actually works. But then there's this subplot with Casey where this kid wants to buy a kite and he steals money from Casey to try to buy it. And then, you know, Casey's trying to lecture him, like, hey, kid, stealing's wrong. And then that kid buys the kite, but then he decides, okay, I'll buy it back from Casey. So he gives Casey the kite, and then Casey's like, oh, sweet, I can use this kite to defeat the monster. And then he morphs, and then the kite just spontaneously turns into, like, a ribbon all oh, of a sudden when Casey morphs. Right. And he just yeah. uses it to wipe. And he just uses it to wipe the slime off without any buildup. And I see what Rose is saying about how, like, that gives some character development for Casey, but I don't know if it really does, because, like, it basically just gets boiled down to what, remember, kids, stealing is wrong type of plot, well, which... Okay, so, l let's talk about that. Casey is a... Casey is de demonstrating a few things here on the deeper level. On the surface, you're absolutely 100% correct. There is nothing more than a remember kids, stealing is bad type thing going on. But when you look below the surface, dear God, this thing gets kind of, you know, Casey is the one that is the leader. He's learning to be a leader and he's teaching other people. So not only is he learning to, you know, use the fan to do the thing, but he's also teaching this kid how to be a good human being. And I think that counts for something because, you know, that's the trait of a leader. If you had John in this scenario instead of Casey, John would have said, oh no, walkie, walkie, you dicky, dicky, my walkie, walkie. <laughs> oh my God. That's literally him in a nutshell. Like, <laughs> so like, he's not compelling. He's just, he's just there and it, it sucks. I, I'm like, I see what you're saying. I just, I, I mean, I don't hate that Jungle Fury episode. It's just an episode that exists, but... No, I like, mean, it's not It's not groundbreaking. It's not anything great. But I still like, think it's bounds and leaps hot, better than what we got with most of these other episodes when they try to do the menial task thing. And I will still defend the RJ, Mr. Miyagi-style training he gave to Casey over anything I've seen so far in Geki Ranger. I'm, I'm, everything they, they, that RJ does is better, is better than uh, Geki Ranger. I even I'll say that because I no, like but RG. like, but Nathan was making a point the other day that the training in the Geki Ranger and the way that they do it in more detail throughout all the episodes, he likes better than what RJ did for one episode. But I think even though RJ only did it for one episode, it had a better impact than what Safu did with uh, Zon. And like the rest of the team throughout, like Arze knew how to get Casey riled up and ready to go, and 
he knew how to make Casey a better fighter and a better ranger and a better leader. Safu has some of those same traits. I'm not going to deny him that. But the characters suck too much for them to be able to pick up on it as easily. Yeah, and I was, I was about to bring that up. That's probably more so a benefit to Jungle Fury having better written characters than it is anything else. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, okay, it's like Nate said last time. If we had Casey and the rest of the team in Geki Ranger, this would be a really great uh, Sentai. Yeah. Jungle Fury but... characters with everything else being Geki Ranger sent uh aspects and everything yeah like fighting rio and melee would be amazing for this yeah because ironically uh i thought the villains were the worst part of jungle fury because they were so convoluted and confusing and all over the place like their light allegiances like flipped every single episode and stuff but the yeah. villains are the best part of Geki Ranger so far. Oh yeah, that's that's. Oh yeah, I know. I I have many thoughts that I'm going to get into yeah. later on, Pat. That'll really hit that home. Yeah, but no, I I hundred percent agree with you that the characterization in Geki Ranger is not what you watch this for. Because I, I'm I, still looking to figure out what you're watching for. I don't know yet, but when yeah, I figure it, I'll let you know. I, 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 this is the best way I can describe it because we're going to be what, what episode are we ending this? Twenty-one. I'm just going to go ahead and jump ahead to the end. Twenty-one episodes of the season, and I don't feel like I know these three Rangers. Oh, hundred percent. That, that was one enough. of the criticisms at the end. Yeah, just just getting that out of the way. I don't feel like I know these characters. All I know <laughs> is Walkie Walkie, no Safu Waku, and I hate that. Like, at least try and communicate better. Like, I know he's a jungle boy, but at least give us something to work with here. Not just your... Patrick, you're a psychology person, so you'll understand this. Uh, he just fights from the id. Yeah. And it bugs me. Like, I, I think the reason I'm triggered by Don as much as I am is because I feel like his presence is an insult to the Toku fandom in that they're dumbing down the characters to be more kid-friendly, because I think kids would love him a lot. But for more adult fans like us, it's kind of insulting to have this character around, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. I feel that. Um, my overall opinion on this episode is that, like, the Rio stuff was just absolutely amazing. I think I like this more I like, because I'm not going to lie to you, this episode, the, the kind of parts of this episode from Jungle Fury, the Jared stuff kind of just, I I, I didn't like it, honestly, because, like, the way you didn't like was, Jared, like, you said? No, 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 I didn't like how they did it with Jared. It was just, like, you know... It's like they try to like to make him make make you know when they were doing the whole like oh we're flashing back to your past and then you know we're gonna like you know not necessarily change the future because obviously they, they, they didn't time travel oh we know that they more he more or less, like console more or less like 
like warped his mind to be like, oh, I know you did this in real life, but in your mind, you should be thinking, oh, I cheated or I beat those bullies up. And let's just let's just let's just let's just let's just think, say for say for instance, that um, if you're getting beat up in by a bunch of kind of bunch of kids or whatever, and your supposed sensei tells you you can't can't defend yourself. What's the point of even being able to fight if you can't defend yourself? You don't have to actually, like, you know, hurt them, but you can at least defend yourself. Yeah. That's freaking stupid. Oh, yeah, the Order of the Claw, like, and, and, you, you, and mastering your animal spirit, but you can't fight back against normal civilians. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be wrong. I'm like, so I, I have to go to the hospital just because, like, you won't let me defend myself? Mm-hmm. Okay, Master Mal. <laughs> I can see why I can see why he did what he did. Like, you know what? Screw you, Master Mal. Like, you, you screw you. <laughs> I'd probably give this one a seven out of ten. Yeah, it's a five. It's just okay. Yeah, that's a definite five to me. I'm only giving it a six because of the stuff with Rio. <clears throat> okay. Did did you like the stuff with Rio at least, Riz? R- okay. I'm gonna say it right now as like a prelude to my later praise for this season. I love Rio and I love Melee. You will never hear me bash those two. <laughs> okay, cool. I feel you want to move on. You want to move on to the next one now? Yeah, I'm done ranting here for now. Cool. Uh, next up, we have a two-parter. Uh, lesson 13, Shin Shin, the Spirit's Dance. And uh, Lesson 14, Netsu Netsu, Forget Your Techniques. Um, this is a Retsu-centric two-parter um, revolving around his training with a new Kensei. Um, so in this episode, uh, the Geki Rangers uh, battle against uh, Kata's two flying bird-like bodyguards. Um, they're both a uh, bird, uh, Rinjukin beast. Uh, they, they, of course, get defeated because those monsters can fly and Geki Toja can't. So Master Shafu sends them to meet another Kensei who is a... Uh, is a um, bat-like kensei. He's also a dancer. Um, his name is Bat Lee. And uh, someone I forgot to mention is that um, I'm actually looking at this right now. Um, the uh, the the fifth sages they don't mention one for a master shafu, but apparently everyone else their name is based on uh, the names of. Uh, a couple of uh, you know famous Chinese martial artists. So the elephant, his name is Elahong Kamp- uh, Kampo. He's based on a Samo Hung Kampo. And uh, in the case of uh, Bat Lee, he's uh, he's named after a uh, Jet Lee. Um, so that's pretty cool. And I'll go over the name basis uh, for the other ones as we go on. Um, but uh, they meet they meet Bat Lee in the uh, first. Um, part, and then uh, he agrees to train Retsu, but tells Retsu that he has to forget about all of his techniques to to master his arts, which really confuses Retsu, and all of Lesson 14 revolves around Retsu trying to learn Batley's dance and how he works, and uh, it ends with him ultimately mastering the technique, uh, well, not master, but he at least gets the hang of it. Um, he gains access to a new weapon, the Geki Fan, which is a like bladed fan weapon, and he can make a copy of it. 
And by wielding the Bat Fist, he can summon Geki Bat, which can combine with Geki Toja to form Geki Bat Toja, which allows Geki Toja to fly and wield two weapons similar to the Geki Fan. Um, if there's one thing I can say that I love about this episode real quick, uh, maybe I should have mentioned this about the Elephant and Rontu. Okay, first of all, Bat Lee is a big step up compared to the Elephant dude. <laughs> the oh, yeah. Elephant guy is a... We already talked about how the elephant guy is basically Master Roshi if he was an elephant. Um, yeah. Batley, I think, is a big step up. I, I, I would say that of the Tensei that we see, he might be the most boring because he's like your typical, like, um, you know, just wise, stoic type of, uh, type of uh, master, which is probably why I would probably prefer Master Swoop to him, because Master Swoop has a, some interesting stuff going for him. But exactly. I still think he was okay. Like, I like how they didn't go with the cliche of him refusing to train Retsu until the end. I wish that they gave more insight on why he was stubborn to begin with, though. But I also like how uh, John doesn't steal this episode. This is a completely Retsu-centric episode, and I think it works out great. Um, but what did you guys think? Uh, th this is the kind of episode that I think Geki Ranger needs to do more of. Because I mm -hmm. think what this season really excels at is... Because going back to my whole style over substance thing, this season really does a good job of... It's a choreography. And showcasing different ways of fighting. And this episode kind of highlights that. The whole uh, learning what's essentially fan dancing, which is probably some of my favorite of um, Japanese theater, I guess if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, um, it, it, it's I, I'm always a fan of watching that stuff whenever it comes up. So just the visual of him like dancing across the lake, and then Rex will eventually following him, and the fight sequence of him fighting the two. Uh, the crow and the crane at the end of the second episode. Like th this is where Geki Ranger really excels. Is you you're you're a season based around martial arts. Go all in on it, and that's why those episodes where they do the mundane tasks thing don't work for me the same way as something like this does. Because if you're gonna do cool fight visuals, then said like go all in with it. I don't want to see any more of this running up and down a basketball court with a towel thing. Let me see more of things like this, like learning to dance, learning to, I guess, like any type of other stuff. Files like, I don't know, like ballerina or the, the ice skating that they did a couple episodes back and everything. Like, make them, like, expand their horizons to things outside of you know, combat and have them implemented into their style as they go along. But they it's it's so limited when they do stuff like that. So the this two part I really, really liked because it's what this season should be more of. And and they need yeah. to have you know, like Yeah. Like, okay, so the biggest one of the biggest strengths of single fury um, Lily was a dancer outside of yes. her duties, right? Like, that's just something that she did in her free time. Yep. And they mm -hmm. made that part of her style. Mm -hmm. 
Like they incorporated that with her training with the elephant dude, but they don't do stuff like that in Geki Ranger, not very often anyway. And I mean, yeah, Patrick, you're right. This is probably what they should have been doing all along with mm-hmm. Geki Ranger, but but they still they should have tied it more to Retsu and like. I- I think they did just enough because he's clearly a big man of the arts. And if you're into the arts, this is the kind of thing you'd be into if you were in Japan. Yeah. So I think it passes just enough. And see, that's the thing is you're saying the words that I'm kind of thinking here, just enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this isn't a spectacular example of doing it. It's still... If the characters were more delved into, yeah, yeah, then that that fixes the problem right there. Yeah, but they're not delved into. They're not that deep. They're Mm -hmm. not that. They're not that interesting yet, and I don't Mm -hmm. know when they will be. But we, it's like you said, we don't know these guys, so I have no reason to really like them or care about them. Uh, you want to add anything, Anthony? Oh, I definitely like this uh, two-parter because, like, like I said, they just need to just have fun. I understand that they're, you know, they're trying to, like, you know, save people and and girls and all that, but like, the ultimate goal really is just to like training, not just as like just working, and also have fun too. Yeah. Um, I would probably, um, I'm actually going to stick with my original um, thing I was going to give this. Uh, I want to give it a 7 out of 10 just because, I mean, I like the training that Retsu goes through, but I don't think it goes deep enough with him as a character that much. So, I mean, like you guys said, it's just enough, but I would say that that would still warrant a 7 out of 10 in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to be generous here. I want to give this two-parter an 8 just because I think just the visuals won me over (laughs) just enough (laughs) for me it's also an eight but it's not just the visuals it's also we didn't have zan around his neck that's a huge (laughs) upside for you minus geki red means plus points (laughs) yeah (laughs) what about you anthony okay riz what were you gonna say i'm sorry I was gonna say it, it's it's a true statement that when Don isn't around, this season is passable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be a damper here, but if okay, so I know you haven't seen it, Nathan, but the best way I can put this is: had Ninja Steel not had Victor and Monty. It would have been a passable season. It wouldn't have been great, but it wouldn't be overdrive levels of terrible to me. And Don has a very similar feel here to me. I think that's fair enough. I mean, I don't like John, so I'm under no circumstances would I defend him. Uh, yeah. If you did, I'd have serious questions on who you are. Yeah, I would never defend him either. Yeah. I don't like, how 
what he was, honestly. Yeah. You what? I forgot how annoying he was. When I first watched it, I didn't pay it pay no mind, but now that I'm watching it now. How, how do you not pay it any mind? Yeah, no. He's genuinely curious about that. On like the story and the other characters, I didn't really focus on what he was doing. But I mean, I'm gonna they hold make off on my, you. How about say they? <laughs> they make you look at him. How did you not notice? Well, to be honest with you, I don't remember much about what he. But <laughs> like, for, as far as like his his character goes, I didn't pay no mind. Honestly, I was just focusing on the other stuff. Like. <laughs> I mean, you have really good blindfolds, bro. I, I guess I do. Because <laughs> dang, I want some of that. I think I think my perspective probably changes on on rewatches because, <laughs> like I said, I didn't watch Geki Ranger until like a couple years. I think it was like what two thousand six, seventeen or eighteen. I watched I watched this. Mm-hmm. This is one of your first Sentai, right? Actually, no. This is actually my sixth or seventh, I think. Okay. I went back I'm, to watch all the older seasons. I'm trying to figure out why you liked it back then. And my first thought was maybe it's your first Sentai and you have the nostalgia for it, but it doesn't seem like that's true. Uh, that would be that would be Shikinju. That's my first. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, we'll move on to uh, Lesson 15 now, which uh, I, is kind of a filler, although it does have some bearings on uh, what happens next. Uh, it's called Hawa Hawa Mama Work. Um, it's a Rand-centric episode, and it kind of follows up on some stuff that happened in the previous lesson. Um, so, uh, long story short, uh, one of the two monsters, uh, one of Kata's bodyguards, he steals this energy, they call it Kad- Kado. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but long story short, he he steals it from John and Retsu, and they both lose their memories, and they get turned into kids. John gets turned into, like, some five-year-old kid, and Retsu gets turned into a baby. And uh, Retsu has to take care of them like their mother until she can turn them back. Uh, the big thing, though, is that in this episode, there is a Melee subplot where Melee decides that she wants to help Rio a little bit and revive... Another Kenma, there's three Kenma, um, which we know because uh, Rio has three bracelets. And uh, at the very end of the episode, she finds and revives the Kenma of the Sea, a jellyfish wielding, uh, jellyfish fist wielding Rageku. Uh, but that doesn't really play much into this episode. Uh, the majority of it is, we'll find out more about Rageku in the next episode. Most of it is just a Ron episode. Um, so, I'm going to yeah. add on something here real quick, Nate, because you made a slip-up. Yep. Uh, Ron is the one taking care of Retsu and Zon when they're turned into kids, not Retsu. Sorry. <laughs> I got, got my words mixed up a little bit. Um, I just wanted to throw it out there and correct it, because that threw me for a loop. There's a lot of similarities to their names. If you say them all real quick, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Rajon um, Retro. Say that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What did you... Uh, you guys can go ahead and give your thoughts on this episode first. Go ahead. 
I don't know. It, I, I, it, how do I put this? It, it really felt like this one was trying to be a run character development episode, but it was more of a implying something about her character that hasn't been shown before and hasn't been shown since this episode. So it just feels empty and forced. I guess that's how I want to word that. I mean, okay, so I actually liked what they're doing here. Like, the attempt here was good. The The issue I held was like you said, see, this, there's no lead-up to really go into her. Because um, he says but, she's like the mom of the group, but I'm sitting here thinking since when? when? Yeah, no. Yeah. This has never been you, this has never been a part of her character before. Well, not only that, but the way I view this episode, I don't view it as character development per se. I view it as here's a comedy uh, situation that we can all just kind of laugh at. haha, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's why I said it was it, it felt like it was trying to be a character development episode. Yeah, but they failed miserably. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to talk about a mother of the team, I mean, technically, I think Miki comes off like a mother to all three of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you if you tried to have her do this, then it would have felt more natural. Because honestly, she feels like like I guess the older sister, but I wouldn't say view her as a mother figure though. But but at the same time, I feel like that Miki in general has just been misused. Yeah. She's no friend. No. Well, I, 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 I can say this because I know that there's not another female ranger, but I really feel like that at some point they should have made her a ranger. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's why I think she's... I don't know why they just didn't make her into one. Yeah, no, that's why I think she's misused, because they could have made her this season's equivalent of a deck of master or something, but eh. or even like a deck of swan character, like character. Yeah, like make her show up like every so often or once or you know something. But no, <laughs> no, that, that's that's a common theme I'm seeing for the season is just. Miss potential on the development. Yeah, I feel that. I'd probably give this a six out of ten, probably. Yeah, four. I give it a five. Uh, Riz? I, I'll give it a four, and I didn't realize I was muted, so I want to say something real quick. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Riz. I didn't know what I was like. I'm talking, and then y'all <laughs> talked over me. I was like, "Thanks, I guess." Sorry about that, Riz. No, it's, it's not you. It's my fault. <laughs> you guys had nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh boy. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say. Um, I know we're gonna probably get into just a lot more at the end of this review, but this had. This season's biggest theme so far is Miss Potential. They have all the hallmark traits they need 
to have made this a good season. But every turn, they fumbled a ball. And they just don't do anything to rectify the issues going on here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this like a... I'll give it a five. Cool. Because I did laugh at Ron's attempt to be a mother. Yeah, I mean, we can give Ron some credit in this episode. Hmm. I mean, I look, she tried, and I'm not going to lie, it was pretty funny. And honestly, y'all will probably laugh a lot at this, but when I was watching this episode, there was a part of me that said, could we just keep Don at this age for the rest of the season? Because he's already there anyway mentally. I was about to say the same thing. I was like, wow. Also, like, when, I, when I saw him as a kid, I'm just like, it's literally no difference. You could just keep him as a kid because that's... Yeah, he could have been, been Justin. I don't care. That could have been fine. Yeah, literally he would just be another Kiba Ranger at that point. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Like, and I I'm don't not, like Kiba Ranger. <laughs> like, what's, the difference, what's the difference between adult John and kid John? The, the size of his it. pants? <laughs> right. <laughs> He transforms like, into Geki Red in this episode when he's a kid, and he's like a little kid in the suit. Okay, and the he- helmet hoping... and the helmet is way too big on that kid. By the way, he looks like I a was, bobblehead. <laughs> I was hoping when he Hensoned, he would pull a Justin and get bigger. Oh God! <laughs> I was hoping for something like that to happen, but they didn't do it, and I was kind of annoyed. <laughs> I just made I just made the make a discovery. Okay, so Riz and Nate, you remember we did de- the on um, decade on uh, comrade decade, right? Uh-huh. No, I try to forget it happened. <laughs> that's the little that's that kid actor was the one that played the 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 alternate version of Kiva. Oh, the vampire kid? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I kind of remember that being a thing. I just forgot everything about decade, so I didn't even notice that. <laughs> it, it just dawned on me. I was like, "Wait a minute!" I was like, "Wait a minute!" That kid looked for. I was like, "That kid looked familiar." I was like, "Where did I see that kid from, from before?" I mean, I yeah. could be wrong, but it looked like just like him. I was like, "If I'm if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll I'll look it up and say, hey, I apologize. That was that was wrong information.'" No, he. I definitely kind of noticed that, but I didn't. When he said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense," but I didn't. I couldn't figure out why he looked familiar until then. But he performed better in this than he did did in Decade. I was like, God, he's annoying. Like That's saying a lot, because... That's not saying a lot, though. Yeah. Because he had... He could only from Decade. Because I'm like, he's just being so dull. I'm like, what, what, like... And like I said, the the original actor who played Kiva was in freaking decades, so why could they just get him to just play his character again? Let's not renew our rants about decade. <laughs> decade is dead and buried here on Tokyo. Right. <laughs> but don't get me started, y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next one. Um, <clears throat> lesson sixteen. Uh, it's called a Jiri Jiri Confrontation Beast Hall Extracurricular Class. Class. Uh, it's kind of a 
It's another villain-focused episode. Uh, a lot of really important stuff happens in this one, though. Um, so uh, we're formally introduced to Rageku, who is uh, the sea um, Kenma. Uh, she takes up Melee as her student. She decides that she wants to train Melee, and she poisons Ryo to force her into battling Master Shafu because she thinks that uh, her battling Master Shafu will unleash her full potential as a warrior, while Kata is skeptical of her. Uh, In this episode, the Geku Rangers encounter Kata and Rageku for the first time, and we actually learn um, a little bit about the history of a Jukin in this episode. Um, A lot of uh, exposition is given in this episode, so... Um, we get some foreshadowing first, where Master Shafu reveals that he wasn't always a cat man. He was actually, he actually used to be a human, and he calls himself a good-looking human, by the way, which we, we don't know, but whatever. Um, and in the past, many years ago, there were ten people who originally mastered Jukin. Uh, three embraced an evil heart, and they formed the Rinjukin Hall. They became the Kinma. Uh, two of those people include uh, Kata, Rageku, and the one Kimma that still hasn't been revived. Uh, we'll get to him later. Uh, the other seven were formed Gekijuk and Beastarts, and they all became the Kensei. And through their mastery of, uh, of Juken, that's how they transformed in their animal forms. So the Kensei, of course, we have Master Shafu, Elahung, and Batli. So we have those three uh, Kensei. Which means that now there are four Kensei that the uh, Geki Rangers haven't met yet. Uh, there were lines drawn between the ten original Juken Masters, and there was a battle between the Kensei and Kimma, and ultimately the Kensei won, and the Kimma were uh, sealed away. Um, this might actually be my uh, favorite episode of the uh, ones that we've uh, reviewed so far. I I love the. You know, I think that the Geki Rangers hint, um, encountering the Kimma for the first time is great. Um, I I love the, you know, d- I love, like, you know, the drop. I think that it actually gives great ki- character development for Melee because it shows that, like, she may be evil, but she has such a love for Ryo that she will go as far as she needs to to keep him safe. That's actually great. And... To be honest, this was the episode that kind of got me to like Geki Ranger, but again, it's more for the style over substance, like, because I had never seen Geki Ranger for the first time, so this is the thing that made me love the show at first. Now, watching it again, you know, years later, looking at it from a more character-focused thing, I can recognize the issues more, but the style of it with the story behind Jukin, with the Kensei and the Kim... uh, that was actually something that really blew me away when I first watched it. And I still think it's handled good. I think the origins behind Jukin are... And we'll get some more about it a little bit later on. But that was the big thing that really got me like with the mythology surrounding it. Uh, but uh, what I'm curious what Riz and Patrick think about this. So uh, go ahead, guys. Uh, you can talk. Um, yeah, I... It- it's a very simple explanation, the mythology, um, but it works. It. I, I wish they would have, I guess, explained it in a little bit more detail because they they kind of implied there was a war 
that between everybody, but they just kind of brush over that. Um, but I guess they didn't have enough time for it. Kind of the same problem as wish we saw the previous Shinkenjers fight Dokaku, but that, that was just kind of brushed over. Yeah. Um, I do like that Melee is getting kind of her own I guess training arc in this. I mean, I should have saw it coming because Camille had the had the same thing in Jungle Fury, but I just like her characterization more <laughs> and how her and uh crap what's what's her name the the squid Rageku Rageku yeah yeah I was gonna mispronounce that uh, Rageku can kind of relate to Melee I thought that was kind of funny how <laughs> her and Master Shafu apparently were a thing at one point, or were almost a thing. That 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 yeah. was weird. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit odd. Mm-hmm. How? Yeah, but I I do like when Leo and some of these big bads get involved with the Geki Ranger. I think that's another place where this season shines is when the villains and the Geki Rangers kind of go head-to-head in things like this because there's actually some pretty big stakes when stuff like this happens. Every single time they've shown up and had some confrontations. So, Uh, sorry. I'm going to start off by saying this is probably my favorite episode in the batch, like you, Nate, but for different reasons than you. <laughs> okay. Um, so I've already alluded to this in our group chat on Insta with you and Anthony, but Patrick, this is the first time you're probably going to hear it. But this is the episode where I started to question why am I rooting for the Gekki Rangers to win? Because Rio and Melee are written so well. And yeah, I I feel drawn to them much more as characters. Yeah, like, this this episode almost did shape Rio and Melee as the main characters. It, no, they are the main characters, in my opinion. You're right because a we're getting way more character development for Rio and Melee. We know way more about them than we do for any of these three bozos. Yeah. Um, B they get better focus. Like, it's not walkie, walkie, dicky, dicky, whatever. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's they, they actually have things going on. They're working through things. Like, Melee has a huge love of Rio. And r- up until this episode, I thought it was a one-sided deal. But then, no, Rio loves her a lot. <clears throat> and yeah, he just won't huge. admit it, yeah. Yeah, that was huge. And honestly, if you look at it from their perspective, they could be they could be justified in thinking they're not the villains here. <clears throat> because I mean, when you're looking at people <clears throat> in war, both sides think that they're the good guys in this scenario, right? So in this case, I kinda could see them having the same argument of we're not the bad guys. We're just doing what we were told to do. And this is our tradition. It's the Geki Rangers who are the bad ones, not us. 
Well, like, I think with Rio, I don't like. I don't think that he's doing this out of a desire to be evil. I think he's. It's more that he's been corrupted and wanting to be strong and to be the strongest. He has to crush the weakest. Well, it's not even that because then you're kind of alluding to him being a lot like Jared, and he's not like Jared. Jared is mind controlled into doing this stuff. Rio was, from what I can tell, and correct me where I'm wrong here, but Rio grew up with this mentality in his life. He was groomed from a very early age, I think, to do this role. Well, no, they established in like the the episode that we really liked uh, in the previous one, like he was previously a student of Master Shafu and he was being trained in Gekijuken Beast Arts, but he was you know, consumed by his desire to become the strongest, and that's what led him to Rinjukin. Okay, you're right. I forgot about that entire story arc. Mm-hmm. You're right. And plus, he wants revenge against something we don't know. Yeah, and and to kind of go to that point you were talking about of the Rinjukin seeing the Gekijukin as the enemy, I think that only applies to the Genma. I don't think Ryo really cares and I feel like something's actually going to come of that later. Yeah, I get a feeling there's going to be a huge shift later on with Rio because and them. The, yeah, because the Genma clearly have intentions. Rio has his own intentions. They're yeah. on the same side, but they don't have the same end goal. Yeah, so, it's a lot like Jungle Fury in that sense. Like, Jared yeah, and Camille have their goals, and the equivalents of the Genma and their had their own wants and desire. Yeah, but I, I think it's being handled better so far, because Ju- Jungle Fear is built into a cluster. <laughs> I I like Jared and Camille a lot. Uh, oh, yeah, I, those, I think... those two were fine. It, it's every, it was yeah. the Kenma's equivalents that I didn't the like. The Kenma equivalents never really made a big impact on me when I was watching. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Overlords are boring. The yeah. Overlords are boring. The other, I forget the other one's names, there's another group. The what? Phantom Beast. Phantom Beast. Beast. Thank you. Okay. Both groups, to me, and Jungle Fury, they were nothing more than, like, glorified foot soldiers. They had no personality. They had no... There's nothing that really made them stand out. I'll just wait until we get to the Phantom Beast equivalents here in Geki Ranger. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, like, you know, the same is true for the uh, Kenma. Like, they're not that particularly interesting just, just like the Jungle Fury counterpart but their impact on Ryo and Melee is much more profound here. But to kind of go off what you were saying about Ryo like I do think that Ryo is different from the other villains because like he may okay I don't want to say that he's evil so much as he just has like horribly misguided intentions. Yeah he's and, I guess indirectly evil, I guess would be a better way to put it. But unlike the Kimma, he has a sense of honor because you you might notice, like, never at any point does he, like, tell his monsters to go out and kill innocent people or something. Like, and he's not trying to, and when he has a chance to beat the Geki Rangers, he wants the Geki Rangers to become their strongest so that when he beats them at their strongest, he can call them himself the most powerful, which is going to play a big part in another episode that we're going to get to later. So mm-hmm. you could say that Rio follows a sense of honor at the very least. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, th- th- there's one other thing I want to say. You know, Riz said this when we did our Jungle Fury thing. Like, Power Rangers does a lot better stuff with, like, in the moment, where while Sentai does a better job of, like, establishing, like, an overarching mythology around things. And I think this episode kind of showcases it because the mythology with like Daishi and like the overlords and the phantom beast and this beast war that happened years ago, like it's all over the place and vaguely explained here. The mythology of Jukin is pretty straightforward and there's not really much of a plot hole or anything about it. So that, I mean, like, you know, another perfect example is like, in Power Rangers Mystic Force, like, that Dark Wish three-parter. I love that episode, but, like, you bring in the Tribunal of Magic. Okay, those are cool people, but you never see them again, so why didn't you just have, like, the Snow Prince give them their legend powers like he does in Maji Ranger? So, like, that was cool in the moment, but when you look at, like, the greater mythology where the Tribunal was never mentioned again, it's just kind of pointless. It's the same thing with, like, you know, how uh, Geki Ranger just... I think Gekki Ranger has the better overarching mythology, and maybe that's what that's what captivated me early on. I'm starting to see the flaws more with this second rewatch, but the mythology with the Jukin really captivated me. All right, I mean, I'll, I see. Go ahead, Pat. I said I'll wait until we get more info on it before I really say because it was explained clearly, but it was also very no crap stuff. <laughs> like it yeah. was. So at this point, and I'm I'm thinking like Pat, like there may be more later that'll make me appreciate it a lot more. And like, so Nathan's already seen all this, so he already knows what's coming, so he can already kind of fill in the gaps of, oh, on the rewatch, I'm seeing the things that I saw last time, and I have a great love for it still, like the mythology. But honestly, the mythology right now is, I don't want to say it's mid, because it's not, but. It's also not as compelling so far. It's like, okay, cool. We have these people who are in a war and we have, you know, the Kenma and the Kensei and we have all this stuff, but it it doesn't give us anything. And honestly, this stuff could have come out a little bit earlier than episode, what, 16 or 17? Yeah. Like, this could have been episode five like not 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 this episode in particular but some of the ideas could have been bled out more early i think and that would have been a better impact because having this exposition here at like the one-third marker is kind of crap because that implies that we didn't really get anything prior to here like or maybe you could have had that and then like maybe with the revelations of this, this like kind of motivates them to go after the other Kensei while Rio already knows about the Kinma. Exactly. And like I can agree with that. Like there's again, mispotential. This is the theme of Geki Ranger. Mispotential and lack of character development. Like they have good ideas. But they rarely execute them well, and it's bugging me. Yeah. Like, I I think while Jungle Fury has its flaws that you've mentioned, at this point, 
I still prefer it over this. And that's fair enough. But uh, as for the uh, the um, episode that we, uh, before we move on to the next, uh, just for like the mythology and like the stuff with Rio and Melee, I actually want to give this an 8 out of 10. What about you guys? Yeah, I'll give it an 8 too. I'm going to give it an 8.5 because I really enjoyed the Rio and Melee subplot quite a bit. Yep. Like, this is the stuff that we should have had more of for the Geki Rangers, and we don't get any of it. So, I'm glad the show finally did something right. Um, Anthony, what what's your uh, rank? Paging yeah. Anthony. You there, Anthony? Oh. I'm here. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um, overall, I, I like this episode. It was just, you know, I just wish that we got more development for the, the Gaker Ranger at this point. At this point, because you know, like, like I said, I've watched this previously, but I'm still like don't remember much, much from it except towards stuff towards the end. But I'm starting to. I'm. I get what you guys are saying though. Is that like? Our main trio hasn't really gotten much going off of them at, at, at this point. So it's kind of difficult for us to be like, oh, yeah, I like these characters because I still don't really know these characters like that. At least not, it's not what I, at least not when I, at least at the, at the point where I, I'm rewatching it and like, you know, being like, oh, these aren't the characters I, I was really like into when I was like watching it from the beginning and watched towards the end, you know. Yeah. Uh, what would you give this the rating of this episode, though? Um, I'd give it a six. Oh, okay. Okay, we can uh, move on to the uh, next one. Uh, by the way, uh, we have no more single episodes for this batch. We got a two-parter, and then we immediately jump into a three-parter, so strap in and get ready, guys. Um, 17 and 18 are combined into a two-parter. Uh, John-centric. It revolves around the meeting uh, another Tensei. Um, uh, 17, Goro and Goro, teacher and student love. And then uh, 18, Shaking Ken, the body is strong. So uh, in this um, episode, the Gekken Rangers travel to an island to meet the Shark Ken, uh, the Shark Fist Kensei master, uh, Sharky-chan whose name is based off of uh, Jackie Chan. Uh, that's actually kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's that Jackie Chan, by the way, guys. Um, he reveals uh, that, unlike the other Kensei, he has never had a pupil before, so he's actually really gung-ho about training John since he thinks that John is the uh, only guy who can really uh, go with his technique. Um, and... Uh, so the first episode revolves mostly around their training, and then in the next episode, uh, Sharky Chan, after getting uh, possessed by a Rinjukin beast, he begins to doubt his abilities to be a master. Uh, Shafu, Batli, and Elahung also voice their doubts, but John once is really confident in him. Um, pretty much most of the episode revolves around John and Sharky Chan's bond, uh, and John finally, uh, you know, he masters. Uh, his signature weapons, the Geki Sabers, these two swords that can combine into one. And uh, 
he also gains the ability to summon his uh, Geki Beast, the Geki Shark, which combines to form Geki Shark Toja, with, um, which army arms Geki Toja with fin-like weapons similar to the Geki Sabers, and they can uh, swim underwater. Um, there is a little bit of a thing about Rio that's going to play a huge part in all of the remaining episodes. Uh, Rio, at the very end of this episode, reveals that there is only one man whom he considers stronger than him. Uh, he can never defeat this person, uh, a white tiger. Who is this? Well, we'll find out later. Um, you know, I like this episode. I'm going to say this. I love Sharky-chan. I, I, and that's not to say that I don't like Master Finn. I think Master Finn is great, and I think his... Uh, relationship with RJ is great, but I love Sharky-chan. I think that like, it's a nice change of pace to have a master character who's not as confident in himself. Like, he's seen as more of a black sheep among his peers because he's never had a pupil, so having someone who is considered a master but doesn't think that he deserves to be a master and wants to have a pupil, I think that's a great character arc for a master to go through. So, so I like Sharky-chan, I don't know if I would call him better than Master Finn, but I will say that I think of, you know, between Ella Hung, who is just a Master Roshi if he was an elephant, and Batley, who's just your typical master, I think Sharky-chan is the most interesting of the other three Kensei that we've met, and that's probably the reason why I like this episode. I know, Riz, that you have issues with John, and that's fine, but it's kind of heartwarming to see the relationship that he has with Sharky-chan. So as much, I can kind of stomach John a little bit in this episode. Because he has somebody better to work off of. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop off here. Hang on. I'm going to tell you all some stuff now. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Y'all ready? Yeah, yeah, here we go. This is where I really hated John. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> this, is, this is where I was like, okay. <laughs> Don needs to just go away. Because, like I mentioned earlier, Don operates off the id. And for those yeah. that don't know what the id is, the it's id is that state instinct. of being you are when you're three years old. Yeah, it's it's basically your basic natural instincts. Yeah. And that is all Don wants. It's me, 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 me. And god dang, this kid literally throws a temper tantrum that his compatriots have other masters outside of Safu, and he wants his own master, and why, 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 I need to be walkie, walkie, wiki, wiki, whatever, to do my whatever dookie, dookie. <laughs> like, there's nothing here that's redeemable about Zon. He is just absolute freaking garbage for being such a spoiled, whiny brat. Like, grow up. Please grow up. Because you suck. <laughs> now, with that said, yeah, Nate, I agree with you. Sarky Chan's amazing. I love Sarky Chan. I wish he had a yep. better student to train, though. And let's be honest, we I think Sharky Chan, we can relate with, like, you know, feeling like... Uh, black sheep among like peers that you might think are better than you so yeah i, I mean i i think you're right sarkitan 
it's the better of the mentors. Honestly, of the four mentors we've seen up until this point, he's the best one. Safu's all yeah. right. He's a he's a watered down Arze, in my opinion. Uh, Elahan is garbage. Just another Master Rosie and whatever. It's not a big deal. And then I, I like I like Batley. Batley is fine. He's a good character. Um, <laughs> I, I bad like about him, but nothing hmm? amazing. Nothing bad about him, but nothing amazing. Exactly. I still think that Master Swoop has better aesthetics, though. Oh, a hundred percent. So, yeah, I, I will give it that. But no, okay. So I know I disliked Zahn before this episode. This is when I was just like, okay, this is enough. I can't take this kid anymore. I didn't watch Geki Ranger after this episode for a good solid four days. I, I couldn't yeah, watch I anything kinda behind uh, that. I can I can see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick, what did you think? I I I kind of I like I, I like Sharky. Like I think that's kind of a universal uh, consensus that he's amazing. I didn't particularly find John to be that annoying in this episode because, like what Anthony said earlier, he had someone to play off of, bounce off of, and I think that, at least to me, helped him be more tolerable, just slightly. I the biggest issue I had with this episode was the the enemy they were dealing with. I hate enemies that put people on a wild goose chase. Just just die. <laughs> <laughs> Once he jumped into Miki's body, I was like, okay, man, I'm getting sick of this clown. Can we just get rid of him already? <laughs> yeah, that's irritating. Can we just walkie walkie him already? <laughs> <laughs> I want to take you over to that legend and stabby stabby. <laughs> Yeah, let me walkie walkie stabby stabby you in the dirty dirty with my knifey wifey. Knifey wifey. Stabby stabby. And just so we know, we don't mean any disrespect. Uh, like Master Finn and Sharky, I think, are two completely different characters. I don't think it's fair to compare them both because they're both great characters. Yeah. Oh, we're uh, going to compare them when we get to the uh, verses, though. Oh my god, that's yeah, going to be, uh, yeah. that's gonna yeah, be but, fun. That's literally the point of that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, get ready to think about it, man. I know. Uh, Anthony, what, do, uh, what did you think? Oh, I love Sharky. Like, he's honestly, he's like, one of my favorite uh, masters in this. Like, just the fact that he's, like, very, like... Um, it's just the fact that, like, he is so energetic and he's so very, like, like, just different. And, like, the fact that John was, was his only apprentice that was able to tolerate him because of his, how he, his methods are so extreme that he, that John was the only one that was able to, able to, to even keep up with him. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I don't think I've seen a character like Sharky where he's considered a master among his peers, but he's considered like a black sheep among them. Like, I've never seen that type of character before, honestly, and I think it's handled great. Yeah, it's very rare in seasons like this where you have one of the mentors go through a growing moment. <laughs> so, yeah. 
that's cool. And, and that's why I, I think that alone, like I can understand what Riz says with like John being annoying, but even with that taken into mind, the stuff that Sharky Chan goes through in this episode, that's enough for me to give this an eight out of ten, actually. Because Sharky yeah, Chan seven. The, the yeah, enemy, yeah, the enemy really held this episode. Like, I know that's yeah. a very small thing, but my god, I hate when villains do that. <laughs> yeah, one other thing, um, to kind of respond to something y'all said earlier, that entire tirade of a rant I went on was for the first seven or eight minutes of the first of the two parter. <laughs> just to give y'all context yeah everything after yeah he's still annoying I still hate him but yeah he wasn't as bad when Sarky came around because I focused more on Sarky I yeah. tried to ignore Zon existed <clears throat> on screen well I think Sharky does a good enough job to kind of steal it from John yeah uh, Anthony what would your rating be oh, I'm definitely giving this an 8 just for Sharky alone <laughs> Okay, cool. The uh, point is, we all love Sharky Chan. Um, all right, so now we're going to uh, move on to the final bit, uh, a three-parter. Um, uh, Lesson 19, Goking Goking, Showdown with Ryo, uh, Gicho Gicho, Triangle Opposing Fight, and Biki 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 Biki, Kageki in Extreme Key. <sighs> These titles are a complete mouthful. I hate you, John. Stop talking. Just stop making up phrases. Like, Nate, I gotta give you some power. I wouldn't be caught dead saying these episode names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. well, all you hear me, st- all you hear me do is say "walkie, walkie, dicky, dicky," because I think that's funny. Yeah. God dang it! That's gonna be the running joke from you in this series. Isn't it? I'm secure enough with my dignity to say this stuff. Um, anyway, um, so this is a three-parter that revolves around the Geki Rangers having another showdown with Ryu. Uh, Ryo, sorry. Um, so in part one, uh, Ryo challenges the Geki Rangers. Uh, he wants to defeat them and just wipe out Geki Jukin completely um, after all the training he's gone through with Kata and Rageku. Uh, he fights them with these two, with the assistance of these two guards that are based off of like a stag and a and a, a rhinoceros beetle. Um, the The first part revolves entirely around him battling with the Geki Rangers. Um, a couple of things happen though. Uh, when uh, he fights them all one, one by one, uh, he actually taunts Retsu about supposedly defeating his older brother earlier, which is really important. Um, you guys. I, Riz has kind of already guessed on what that's going to lead up to, but we'll get to that in the next video, I think. Actually, yeah, we will. Um, during the fight, John shows this great amount of fighting spirit, and uh, Rio senses the same energy from John that he felt with the White Tiger opponent. Uh, so Rio defeats the Geki Rangers, but then Master Shafu shows up and reveals that the Geki Rangers are now able to obtain a an advanced form of Geki known as Kageki, which is like a more powerful form of Geki that they, um, that's like the pinnacle of their strength. And he convinces Ryo to spare them until they master Kageki, but he gets captured. 
Uh, we then, at the very end of this episode, meet the final three Kensei who arrive to, uh, to uh, help train them. So the three include the Gorilla Kensei, Gorian. He is based off of, uh, his name is based on Donnie Yen. Uh, Michelle Peng, a penguin Kensei, who is uh, Michelle King. Um, and the gazelle, he was in uh, his, it was called an antelope in Jungle Fury, but he's called a gazelle here. Uh, Pion Bayo, whose name is based on Yuen Bayo. That then moves us into the second part where the Geki Rangers go um, compete against those three, uh, those three uh, Kensei in a, um, in a contest uh, where um, each of them are facing a test where they have to um, face in a match that emphasizes the weaknesses of their fighting styles. So in this case, uh, John goes up against Gory Yin in a contest of heart, because remember, John represents body. Uh, so he goes in a contest for heart. Ron, whose strength is heart, goes up against Michelle Peng, whose, um, whose strength is in technique. And Retsu, who is technique, goes up against Pion Bayo in a, in a body contest, which is really clever. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and they ultimately win. Um, well, okay, it's weird. Like, John is defeated by Gorian, Ron ties with Michelle Ping, and then Retsu defeats Pion Bayo, and they're deemed worthy of obtaining Kageki. And then next episode, they, uh, they, <clears throat> they, uh, face off against Rio, and, uh, sooner than expected, though. And, uh, in the middle of the battle, uh, through their desire to fight, um, they are able to unlock their Kageki. And they're able to use these weapons called Super Geki Claws that transform them into the Super Geki Rangers. Uh, where um, it's a power-up mode. Their suits become primarily white. The neck changes from black, to white, from black to white. And they get jet boosters added to their backs. They also get uh, gain access to some new Super Geki Beasts. Geki Gorilla, Geki Penguin, Geki Gazelle. They can combine to form Geki Fire. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Um, okay, I got, some, I got some really strong thoughts I want to say, but I actually want to... I just did a lot of talking, so I want to actually let you guys uh, give your thoughts first. So uh, one of you guys can go ahead, whoever wants to go first. Patrick can go first, because I want to be... I want some niceness before I get to my meanness. <laughs> okay. He, he, okay. So I guess this, we're going to be different on this a little bit. This, this is the best uh, stretch of episodes of the season so far to me. I, I said, I, I mentioned this a lot in the last episode we did not, not last episode of Geki Ranger, but our last podcast episode that I appreciated that the whole heart body uh, technique thing was actually wasn't just like a throwaway line. It's an actual aspect to their their uh, styles and everything. And they actually played up to it in a couple of episodes. And they're going back to it again here. And it did make the whole contest against the the three masters pretty interesting. I I don't like how. Ty is supposed to pass them. 
and but whatever i guess i guess in the end the whole point of it was for them to kind of understand each other's uh attributes a little bit better so they can be a little bit more even um but this is the kind of stuff i said i wanted to see more of uh dealing with the masters to grow stronger instead of just visit a bathhouse and get hit by a, a wet rag one time and all of a sudden you can beat this guy <laughs> um and this the super geki mode is kind of sick i'm actually surprised that this happened as early as it did i was expecting this to happen like 10 episodes later uh i do i do like the upgrade i don't quite understand how they unlocked the uh geki i think that's how you pronounce it Ageki, yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like it was kind of vague on how they were able to fully unlock those that power. Because they said that the training with the Masters was supposed to help them understand it better, but that part was very poorly explained. So they just kind of, I don't know, get the Super Geki mode? This is this is where I think I'm gonna comment a little bit, Patrick, if you don't mind. Go for it. Okay. There's a lot of things I like about this three parter. I think it's mm-hmm. the more interesting thing we've seen so far. But there's a lot of things that I dislike as well. The first is this felt like Days Ex Machina of all of a sudden, we're talking about this new superpower thing that, you know, we didn't really know anything about ahead of time. Like, it was never something that we're looking for. It was never something that we're aspiring to. But then, out of nowhere, Kai Geki's a thing, and everyone wants it. And, okay, fine. We have Days Ex Machina and a lot of things, and that's generally okay. But, like you said, Pat, it doesn't... It's really vague where the get guy, where this power is like just up for grabs, even though they get a tie. I mean, for all intents and purposes, in my book, they lost. And the thing I don't understand, and maybe y'all can fill in the gap on what I don't get here, but the way I understood this was if the Geki Rangers failed, they weren't worthy of getting guy, guy, crap. How do you say Kai Geki. They're not worthy of getting it. Mm-hmm. But the implication I got was if they're not worthy, <clears throat> then the masters would inherit the power and use it. Which I thought would have been a bit more interesting if that was the case and they had won. And then later on, maybe like in five or six episodes later, the Geki Rangers re-challenge them and they win because they've learned something. But honestly, I don't feel like I don't feel like this is an earned thing. Like Okay. You took what I was thinking and finally put it into words. This 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 should have been something that was revisited later to where they actually did win. So that way we yeah. would have an actual character arc for the three of them. And I mean, we don't get anything. And no. the the part that bugs me more, um, it felt unearned to me. Like 
that Don is all of a sudden able to be the first to transform. Yeah. I know he's our red. I know he's tech technically our leader. I get <clears> all that. But it would have been more impactful if okay, maybe maybe Don and Ron don't get the power up, but Retsu does and he uses it because he's the only one that had won. That could have been nice. That could have been a great other... thing for Retsu. What's that? Get to motivate the other two to get it. Well, not even just motivate them, but I feel like of the three, only Retsu earned it. I mean, okay, maybe Ron earned it because he matched the penguin, and I'll be okay with her getting it. But Don literally threw a temper tantrum like the kid that he is and that said, kid, I don't kid. like your rules. I'm going to go home and, you know, I'm not going to play this game anymore. Like, again, grow the hell up. Yeah, that that actually that actually puts what I was going to say in a, like a different thing. Because here's the thing. When I first watched this, I really liked this because I liked how the tests is the Geki Rangers having to each go through what their weakest point is in combat. But the final stretch, like when I, when I was literally watching it for this review, the final stretch really got under my skin because all of a sudden, like... The when they're going through the test, it honestly feels like it's focusing on all three of the Geki Rangers. But then in the final stretch, that whole episode is all about John trying to discover why he fights as a Geki Ranger. Like he steals the focus. I mean, he <clears throat> becomes super Geki Red, and he has to save Ron and Retsu from Rio before they yeah. transform into Super Geki Blue and Super Geki Yellow. Yeah, they should that, have mentioned at the same time. Yeah. That yeah. really got under my skin. I and think in Jungle Fur, it is the same time. I, I, I know. No, I, I think... think uh, got it first, hang on, they, let Anthony talk. Yeah. <clears throat> I think in Jungle Fury, um, Casey's got it first, and they just follow suit. But but see, in that case, okay. But they were but they weren't in that in immediate. They weren't like immediate danger. He wasn't saving yeah. them. They just kind of happened. Like he's like, oh, you know, like let me just remember and 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 try to try to help uh, RJ and 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 remember our training and blah blah blah. Yeah, and like okay, so I know Nate at one point told me either on podcast or off podcast. I don't know where he told me this. But he told me this was handled way better in Geki Ranger than it was in Jungle Fury. And I understand you are a really big fan of the mythology and all that. But dear God, at least the three Jungle Fury Rangers won. They overcame their fear as arbitrary or as, as silly as it was. They at least were able to get that W in their corner. I'll say this, when I was telling you that, to be honest, I was thinking more from, like, the training aspect and the content. Like, I think the contest that they go through, that, that was the main thing that I remembered. Like, you know, them having to face their biggest weaknesses. I think that's handled better than in the Jungle Fury episode, where it's just a two-minute test where they all face their fears, and it's not some big character study. I think the training is better, but in my defense, I didn't remember how... It ended with John 
being the with it ultimately just being a big oh John is great John is good type of thing. I forgot about that. So yeah, so I'm actually kind of agreeing with you there. Yeah, because like to me, I I think the Jungle Fury team did it better overall. Yeah, I, I I think. I think we're putting a lot of emphasis on the body, heart, and ta- uh, technique here. It, it's a great idea, but once again, missed potential is the theme of Geki Ranger. They mm-hmm. had a great idea with this thing, and I think that's what you're ho- that's what you're holding on to, Nate. Was I like the idea of the of the triangle? I think that's a really cool t- idea, and that's what you remember from your first watch through, but. Like you said, you forgot the how they fumbled the ball again, and that's yeah, that's the part that makes me think Jungle Fury did it better, even if it was not as strong of an idea. Because at least when they got master mode, I could say, okay, that was earned. Like they didn't, that wasn't an unearned thing they just got because whatever. But in this case, they didn't earn it. They did nothing to earn this power up. They did nothing to warrant being super geki mode. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think there's a throwaway line that Retsu said that I found really pro- provocative here. He told Zon after Zon forfeited, You don't deserve to be a geki ranger. You don't have what it takes. And that's the realest thing anyone has said in Geki Ranger because okay, let's put aside my hatred of Zon as a character for a second. In general, Zon just doesn't have the training. Like, okay, at this point in Jungle Fury, Casey has become a pretty respectable and pretty good fighter. Like, he can hold his own, he can take a punch, he can give a better punch back. He he's proven himself worthy of being a Jungle Fury Red Ranger. We're twenty something episodes into Geki Ranger, and Zon just doesn't feel like he's like that he's earned even wearing the suit. Like he's still not a great fighter. He's still not learned a good deal. He's still treated like an inferior uh m- user of the gig what is it called the the Z I, I can't pronounce it. I get yes, all of that. <laughs> um I was going for the base form power, but yeah. Um he he never has he's never shown that he's gotten any more mastery of it. I mean he does stuff that you know, like he'll whip a towel and he suddenly can defeat a boss. It's kind of stupid that he can do it that way. But he hasn't demonstrated he's really grown as a fighter, really. To me, anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's why this entire three-parter bugs me. Is because, again, this is a great chance to redeem uh, the characters and make them learn something and grow from this but they don't really learn anything this when you were going over this i was kind of thinking about this 
this three-parter should have been a four-parter where they were told where they had to sweep or it didn't count. But they got a yeah. do-over. So after, after they tied, they would have said, nice, but you had all three of you had to win. So they go back and they have a whole episode of the three of them kind of explaining each other's perks to each other so they know how to combat it. Because that, so that, that's literally how Ron and Retsu pass their things. Yeah, but yeah. Have, have an entire episode about that because it would double as a, a bonding episode, which the season desperately needs that. They need it so badly. Yeah, so yeah. it would be, it would be a, a two-for-one. And then they come back and they dominate the test. And then they yeah. arrive to fight Rio, and then they trigger the super geki modes in unison yeah. as a sign that the three of them are in perfect sync now. I think that would change the entire perspective of this three-parter. If they and, did something like, like and to build off what you said, because you said something super important here, Pat. Okay. Um, the thing that I, I like what you said is they were in unison when they Henson and the Super Geki at the end. That that right there. Yes. So the entire so if you really think about it, take away the special effects, take away the suits, take away the, the monsters. What is Power Rangers and Super Sentai all about? A team. It's about teamwork, yeah. right? Yep. And this is the best way to to demonstrate the teamwork. And honestly, we gave a really great way to demonstrate that with the heart uh, technique and body, heart technique body. and body. There you go. Like we, we gave him a great way to emphasize teamwork, unity, become one with each other. And they could have really grown a lot here, but they don't. Yeah. Like, if we were to redo this episode, I like what you're saying with the four-parter. If the budget wasn't there to do a four-parter, at least make Retsu be the one that gets the power-up first. Yeah. He was because, the one that deserved it out of all three of them. Well, okay, and the other thing I was kind of thinking about while Patrick was talking... Okay, so, on a technicality, Ron tied with Penguin. But this is a binary thing. You either both get a hundred or you both get a zero. There was no getting a one oh one or a one ten here. It was mm -hmm. either you get a hundred or you get a zero. So I could see this being a case where C one. But there there's no way you can make the case that John improved. No, John didn't win. John yeah. John literally threw the freaking coins on the ground and said, I quit. I hate you guys. Yeah, which yeah. is why I wanted them to have a thing where they bonded and taught each other and then came back and then they all, all three of them won. Like, okay, so if they had had Ron on the skateboard and she fell and screwed up the first time, they didn't even have to have a do-over at that point. They could have just said, okay, sorry, Ron, you fell, you screwed up, you lose. Mm -hmm. 
And we could have had Retsu win both times. And then the three of them come together and they have to discuss, you know, how everything could have been done differently. But Patrick, the problem here is you have to have people who are willing to discuss and learn and grow. But you can't do that when one of your people in the team is a child and doesn't want to grow up and take any responsibility. Yeah, because I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, John really pissed me off in that episode where, like, he was like, oh, I'm going to quit because I, I, it's too hard. I'm like, you didn't even try. Like, he didn't try. He literally took one coin, <clears throat> tried to set it up once, and then he threw them all away. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what that whole bonding episode could be for. Like they could have made him practice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like they could have taught him. Uh, like, uh, Retsu could have been like, "Hey, let me show you how to do this technique," because that's his thing. And then John could have shown them how to be strong, and you know, there, you could have had a really great bonding here. But as it stands, <laughs> we don't know the characters at all. They didn't earn this power up. It just felt like Deus Ex Machina just to give him more toys to sell at Toei. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, literally, this is just a toy grab to me. There's nothing compelling to make this a thing that they earned. Yeah. The only other season I've seen that had a, a team-wide power up like this was Ginga Man with the lights of Ginga. Yeah. And if you've seen Lost Galaxy, it kind of plays out the same, same way. And yeah. that was an entire team effort because they had to. I get, how do they explain it again, Ginga Man? When they unlocked it, they had to. I think it was more that they didn't want to actually use the lights of Ginga. They were willing to destroy them to prevent them yeah. from getting into the wrong hands. Right, 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 right. And yeah. That's what the, they got deemed the worthy. Yeah, they got deemed worthy. Because it was, it was a group effort. Yeah, it was a group effort. It was a group realization that this power is too dangerous. And if if it stays around, then it's gonna cause problems. And the light was like, okay, yeah, you guys more than earn this ability, but and you'd think with a team of three, it'd be easier to handle and manage this stuff, but yeah. that's, what, that's what makes this more baffling to me, is how poorly handled this cast is when there's only three of them. You know, it's funny how the, the writer, the head writer of the Sentai is also the writer behind Ghost Sager, and I'm starting to real, notice a pattern with this, like, Whoever that like, I think this is the only other Sentai that this head writer has been one. This person, I guess, just really just doesn't like to focus on its main cast because get because Ghostsager has similar problems. Or I don't like any of the Ghostsagers, and they're all have pretty bland personalities. How did the this, how, did, how did they handle the Super Ghostsager? Is that what it's called? Oh, that was it was even worse than this actually. Um, was it? Yeah, it's just one episode. <laughs> like, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Jesus Christ! 
And the reason why I know that is because I was doing like I was uh, like writing out like the episodes on how I'm going to do my own little like reimagined version of Megaforce, and I was like writing down like, okay, this is going to be like an adaptation of Ghost Sage or like Epic, blah blah blah, and I looked up the one where they unlocked the super ghost agers and I saw that it was only one episode and I'm like, no, this has to be a two-parter. It's not what? So. Wow. Like, Mega force actually didn't need to cut anything out for that. Yeah. Because no. they literally did beat for beat. Just, the only difference was, was that I think the only difference was, was that there was no Gosei. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one thing that sh- that this head writer did good with this one is that it did a good job with its villains. It tries to do something with its villains in Ghost Sager, but it really doesn't work. But whoever this head writer is, like, I just got to ask you the question, like, you are aware that the Sentai, like, okay, it's, okay, I can't say, like, you know, Power Rangers or something, but okay. The Geki Rangers should not be secondary characters in their own show. Yeah, because that's something that I've actually heard people talk about Ghost Sager. What was his name? Uh, Brajira? Brajira. Yeah. I've heard people say that he's the best part of Ghost Sager. Oh, 100%. And oh, definitely. So, I mean, and so far, the best part of Geki Rangers. Yeah. Is this guy a villain favoritist or something? I'm trying to get that vibe. <laughs> He's like, I like the villains. I, I, don't, I don't like the, the main protagonist. Like, we're going to do the villains better, so. I mean, even Lost Galaxy, which made their villains really sympathetic, they at least tried to make the Galaxy Rangers, like, you at least knew what their personalities were. Right. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much to give a very simple... Here is the personality we're trying to go for each of them. Here's their backstory. Up until this point, I know zero about Yellow. Like, yeah, I know her name. And that's about it. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. she doesn't even really have a personality. She's no, just she doesn't. She's just the female. No, she's just filling the suit for Yellow. That's all she did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zahn has a lot of personality, but none of it good. Uh, Retsu has some personality. I like him. We at least have a grip on what his his, uh, backstory is, because there's actually been some tidbits here and there. Like, we know he had a brother who was involved. He's from a rich family. He does painting, but, you know. Well, before we uh, kind of, you know, that's kind of a transitioning uh, into, like, you know, the overall analysis. Just before we do that, uh, one thing, a couple of things I want to give out. Uh, what will we give this three-parter? I probably say a seven out of ten. Yeah. Originally, I originally I said an eight, but looking back at it with like all the stuff about John that just really annoys me, I can't <laughs> give it an eight. So I say seven. Yeah, I would say seven too. Seven. Uh, Riz. One. One. Wow. Okay. Um, it was. It, it's not earned. There's not a single thing in this three-parter you can tell me is well done. Well, is something in this episode? Is this ep- something in this episode that's medium well, rare? Then you got to see Rio beat the crap out of them at least. 
feel bad for Retsu and Ron to beat up though, because I I do I even though you guys may not might like them like them personally, I still like them as characters because like they're at least competent and decent people at least. No, I don't I don't have any trouble accepting Retsu and Ron. They're fine characters for what we get. Like yes. Ron has no personality, has no backstory. That's fine. That that's okay. I will be okay with that. Retsu has a decent backstory. We have some idea what's going on with him. But the unnamed the unspeakable name, no, he, he just doesn't deserve anything. Yeah. And, and and Nathan, thank you for catching what I said. I appreciate that laugh. Um what? but <laughs> you said, I made a I made a, a food joke. Um uh, what was the joke? You said, you said Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, you said nothing about this episode was well done and I asked, well, was there anything about this episode you thought was medium rare? Um no. <laughs> I, I'm all wrong. Yeah. And <laughs> Nathan actually heard me and I appreciate that. But I, I think, heard it, but I couldn't get a sense of response to you. <laughs> but I I I, I think Every single problem we have with Gekki Ranger can boil down to the to a foundational problem of these characters are just so bland. Because yeah. I think I think a lot of the problems would be fixed if they had more in depth characters that were going through arcs. I, I don't think John at the beginning of the season would have been that bad with how he was. I was expecting him to maybe simmer down as the season went along but we're what 21 episodes in and he is no different than he was before and, and if it, he, if he continues like this all the way to the end this guy is going to be a candidate for the worst red from every season i've seen so far and was, he's already there for me it was over crazy though that, like in go he was actually decent yeah like, well, I can't say that he's my least favorite red that I've seen so far because genuinely, Geki ticks me off as a character because of how he was written later in Zoo Ranger. It's yeah. just an insufferable piece of garbage. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, have you seen Ninenzer? No. <laughs> okay. Ninenzer Red is the worst red. Of all Sentai. John's a close second. Well, I'm just going off of the seasons I've seen, and uh, Tyranno Ranger yeah. sucks. But if, if this if if Ryan, if John doesn't change, he's he's probably gonna jump Geki as my least favorite red. Because there is I don't like this type of red character archetype to begin with but the fact that they just they're not changing him and he's almost becoming like it it hasn't quite gotten to king levels of insufferable in terms of how he's just stealing the show but they're pushing it a little bit there was something i mentioned in I don't know what podcast we'd cover this in, but I made the comment a while back that we've had characters across Ranger and Sentai 
where the characters come from another world or they come from another time and place. Uh, my favorite example of this is um, Maya from Lost Galaxy. Maya was from another world. She had no idea how Terra Vincer works. She didn't understand a lot of these things. And so it's kind of plucked and put into this team. And she kind <clears throat> of struggles to adapt, right? Like, at point, she, she has to, like, adapt and learn how to deal with people. And some of her quirks from, you know, being from a different world, they bleed through. And you can kind of feel that, okay, she is trying, but she isn't able to fully integrate into the society. <clears throat> but over time, she gets better. And it, by the end of the season... She's integrated, she's part of the community, and she is prospering. Well, same I, thing with Coda. Coda <laughs> was a caveman in Dinosaurs. He he spoke in broken English all throughout, but it never got old because they simmered him down a bit, and he was very endearing, and he was pretty well written, in my opinion. Well, it's interesting, right? There's a Power Rangers character that's almost a perfect comparison to John, and that's Leo. Cole. Cole. There you go, from, that's his name. From Wild Force. Yeah. Both yeah, Cole and they were the same. Both junglemen. But this, this is actually an idea that I thought of just now that I think could have helped uh, John's place on this team. What was Cole's biggest uh, contribution to the Wild Force Rangers when he joined? Kind of his connection to nature. With it being a nature-themed season, he was the one who was more in tune with nature because he lived in it. What if Ron and Retsuo were the better fighters, but John was the one that was more in tune with the animal spirit? So they taught him how to be a better fighter while he taught them how to better utilize their Gekijuken. And because see, that's... That's what I was hoping they were going to do with him. Yeah. But instead, he literally just looks at uh, Safu and is like, Neko, Neko, Neko. And starts, like, scratching him and, you know. Yeah, like, there's four or five different ideas we've come up with in these two episodes that could have helped everything. But they're just doing the most basic as crap basic characterization and character writing they can't pass these off as people <laughs> i mean you know it's bad when the american adaptation of a sentai was going on during a very well-known writer strike and still yeah. the american <laughs> counterpart comes out better and it was made at a time when Disney was actively trying to get Power Rangers to fail. Yeah. yeah. Like, they were like everything yeah. against Jungle Fury, and they still came out on top as being yeah, like, the best seasons. Yeah, like, like Jungle Fury in my Power Rangers ranking is like number five. It's like my fifth, fifth favorite season of the whole series. Yeah. Because it's number three for me at this point. Like, it's like, number three for me. Like, it has its very obvious faults, but I think it's 
best aspects are just some of the best the series has to offer. Like, Casey, Theo, and Lily are top three in their respective colors in the Power Rangers franchise. Yes. Easily. Easily. But it's like everything Jungle Fury did right, Geki Ranger is doing wrong. And well, as, I think as they watched Geki Ranger and made notes on what not to do. Yeah, I'm, it probably. But with what I've heard of Geki Ranger before going into this from uh, some of the guys, some of the big kind of like Toku guys on Twitter, like. Uh, Crap, I can't remember his name. Um, there's a couple guys I follow on Twitter who are kind of big in the, the Tokusatsu. Like, they run Ranger Board, major admins on Ranger yeah. Board and everything. Um, they said that if you like Jungle Fury, then you'll like Geki Ranger because they're as good as one another. Honestly, I don't see it. I think they need glasses. They're, they both do things well, and they do things wrong. At this point, Jungle Fury does way more things right. I think the big thing is that, like, Jungle Fury gets the characters right, and that accounts for a lot. Yes. I think Deku Ranger has gotten a lot of the style down. Like, they, they get the style down decently, but there's not much substance to it without the characters, and that's what's exactly. really Yeah, and that's exactly okay. what I was about to comment, is that the style is fine. I get you are a huge fan of mythology. I get you want to like the underlying story. But it means absolutely nothing if the characters are not great. Yeah, because the villains in Jungle Fury are a mess. The mythology is just kind of throwaway. But I finished Jungle Fury the first time. I was like, I like that season because that core three is some of the best. And that's, how I, that's what I got out of it. And here, it's yeah. like, the villains are good, the story is whatever, but the main three are forgettable. And what are we talking about the most? <laughs> so, I, I don't know. If, if this doesn't change, this is, like, bottom-tier Sentai. If, yeah, by the, the end, if, the, nothing, if none of this changes, which... I am afraid that it won't because we're 20 episodes in. <laughs> well, even Patrick, even if it does start to change, I feel like it's too little too late. Would you agree with this, Anthony? Because we're reviewing this sent because of you, buddy. <laughs> like, I agree with this. It's mostly for the story that, that, that keeps me going, but you have to like watch it from start to finish. If you're yeah, like, because if you watch it as it is now, like you're not gonna really like like it at first. But I watched it all the way through, so that was like, oh, that's why things are like this because this happened. Yeah, and that's why I'm not. That's why I'm saying if this keeps going, because I'm someone who lives off the idea of an ending can make or break a show. Yeah, I, I mean, look I, at Shinkenzer. Yeah, look at Shinkenzer. The ending makes the whole season. And to kind of go the opposite of that, Die Ranger's ending makes me hate the whole product. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damn. I didn't know that. No, I, man, if Nathan can back me up on this, if we ever get around to Die I Ranger. I, on this too, I watched Die Ranger. I was like, literally, yeah, the, final, 
literally the final five minutes of Die Ranger ruins the whole show. Yeah, I have issues with it. My yeah. God. I probably think, don't hate it as much as Patrick does, but I think it's incredibly overrated. When 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 they got to the explanation as to why everything happened, I rage quit. Yeah. <laughs> I well, and we'll I did that Sentai soon enough. Yeah, because I've had personal disdain for Die Ranger ever since. But if if the season can rebound and the second half and the finale arc are good, I can forgive the early part of the season being not good and say that the season is above average to good but again i I haven't seen that part of the season yet so i can't say i mean and and honestly like even as someone who has watched this thing all the way through like i was captivated by like the mythology and the stories around it but honestly this second watch around it's actually not enough for me to save and i'm enjoying it like this rewatch is really Kind of like the same thing with Jetman. It's kind of doing a number on my interpretation of this. Man, we're really wrecking your original list, aren't we? Yeah. Well, this was never in my top ten to begin with, unlike Jetman. Okay. Well, okay. So, so to go off of what Patrick said, prime example of that was me and Sinkenzer. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much crap did I throw at Sinkenzer up until that endgame arc? Mm-hmm. I, I I was trusting on Sin Kendrick for Takara being garbage <laughs> and all the other stuff, but like when you get to the ending and you realize why it was like that, it really does change your outlook quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean you know the difference between Sin Kendrick and uh, Geki Ranger in the early parts is that I could keep watching. Sinkenzer and not complain about watching it only because I like the other characters. It was only one character I didn't like. And I got to know them and I got to empathize with them. I got to know more about them. Here, I only really know one character and he's kind of mid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want more from Ron. I want to know more about her. I want to know more about uh, Mickey and Safu, I want to see more of them, but I-, I want them to do something substantial and not just be a meme. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the main thing that we have to say about Geki Ranger is that you got a lot of stuff to get together before we start liking your buddy. If Geki Ranger was a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Briefly, I, I want to bring this up. Uh, this is stuff we could just give our commentary on. Uh, we'll, we got two new major things that are part of it. Uh, what do we think of the... Uh, we'll start with the power-up mode. Uh, what do we think of the Super Geki Ranger mode as like a power-up mode in its design? Um, I, I, it's the same opinions I had about it when I first saw the Jungle Master mode and Jungle Fury. I like the look of the suits, but the jet boosters are just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really understand the jet booster part of it. It didn't fit the motif in either season. No, it doesn't. Well, I think the jet boosters are so stupid that I actually kind of love it because it's so stupid. But I like the suit design kinda... though. Yeah, uh, Anthony, what about you? Oh, you already know I love these su- these suits. Yeah, I like, like the um the original suit. 
So I'm trying to think of the Sentais where we have all team power ups like this. And please add what I'm missing. Uh huh. Decca Ranger, yep. Magi Ranger, Ginga Man. Yeah, Ginga Man had the lights of Ginga. And um, of these suits, I think this is the better, this is one of the better ones. I like it because there's no like over the top armor or anything except maybe those shoulder pads. But yeah, and there's no fistball uh, staff like in Ghost Sager. Actually, the, the weapon where you know it, it's actually pretty cool a claw weapon, it's pretty small and compact. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's functional and it looks sleek and it looks great. Yeah. I mean, if you took out the jet boosters, maybe it would look a little bit better, but I don't mind them. I mean, honestly. I don't mind the jet boosters either. It's a very minor complaint at this point. Yeah. Uh, as for the other thing that we get here, uh, I don't like Geki Fire. I really don't. Those arms look like it's going to topple the whole thing over. Um, I prefer yeah. Geki Toja. I am Geki not a fan of Geki yeah. Fire. The thing I liked about Geki Toja so much was how sleek and athletic it was compared to literally every yeah. other mecha and sentai geki fire goes back to the big clunky robot so it's just another mech it's it's not my favorite mech i much prefer the original mech from geki ranger like the first one geki yeah Tiger. i think that's yeah. one of my favorite mechs of all time from sentai yeah I mean, that's a tragic thing about like I'm just going to give a preview for everybody, you know, who's watching this. Like, Geki Tosha is a great main mech, but it's all downhill for here in this mech line for me. And Geki Fire is the beginning. So Yeah, I can, I can see that. So get ready for, I'm going to say some pretty angry stuff in the next video, probably. So get ready. Do, do we see Geki Tosha again? Actually, we do. Yeah, because please. guess what? The the purple ranger's mech basically becomes Gekitoja. Yeah. But I hate that. So Gekitoja <laughs> itself disappears or Gekitoja's original formation goes away and you start seeing the uh wolf leg instead. Yeah. yeah. Instead of the cheetah one. Yeah. yeah. It's been so long since I've seen Jungle Fear that I kind of forgot what all the mech combinations were. <laughs> And I got problems with that, but I'm going to save that for the next video. Yeah. yeah. Right. We can't have two people ranting at the same time, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, normally this is where we would probably go into, like, a bigger analysis. But I, I think we kind of subtly shifted into that already after we talked about the three-parter. So I think we've covered the plot that. for the most part. There yeah. is no plot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, the only thing of note that I wanted to kind of highlight again is that Ryo and Melee are some of the best villains I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, they're, the, they're the show stealers so far. Easily. Yeah, like, I, I will be rooting for them to win right now. <laughs> What I'm do... just hoping that Violet will make something better of this. Oh, trust me, he mm, like you, you. Yeah, just wait. Oof. Do we so get introduced Geki Violet in the next set of episodes? Yeah, we yes. will. Okay, good. Oh, good. We, we need something to break this monotony. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about those two now. 
because this this team desperately needs someone to get added into it to shake up the dynamic a little bit. Yes, and that, really? that's what that's what he definitely does. Do we need to give any commentary on those last three? Kensei, Gorian, Michelle Ping, and Pionbeo? No. Or- no. Okay, I, I think the only can say that I think we can all say that it's like a great character is Sharky Chan. Yep. I mean, okay, so the only thing I will say about the can say as a whole, I I was totally cool with how each of the Gekki Rangers earned um the first three. I felt like that was an, warranted to them for them to get the Zord upgrades and all that, mm-hmm. but. How do you justify getting the Zords for Gory, Macelle, and Pion? Like, you don't, because yeah, they're not the thing. Yeah, no, where did those three spirit animals come from, anyway? Well, <laughs> like, I'm, o- I'm okay with that part, like, because they come from... The, one comes from the Germany uh, branch no, of the... No, 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 I meant... Are, is the gorilla... And the penguin and the gazelle in the the claw, or like like the super geki beast, just them summoning those three just kind of happens. Well, wait, what's your question? No, I'm saying because in in super geki mode to get access to the gazelle, the penguin, and the the gorilla, right? To summon as mechs. There's no explanation as to how they got them. The it's implied that they got it because they passed the test from the uh, masters. Yeah, but when, when they got the other ones, the bat, the shark, and the elephant, it was because from it was from their individual teachings, and they had the I guess the blessings exactly. of the blessings of the master. But here they just kind of. Are they tied to the super geki mode? Are they in the claw or I guess? Like it... they don't explain that. Yeah, because I mean, I, that's kind of a flaw with Jungle Fury too, because like because like, okay, with in both cases, both Jungle Fury and Geki Ranger, it's like you're taught how to use the elephant fist technique yeah. or and then you elephant. Get the elephant. You get yeah. the elephant and so yeah, on and so forth. But yeah. it, there was, in neither there was... show, they're taught None of them. It's not like Casey or John are taught like the gorilla technique or anything. Yeah. So yeah. So those no, three just appear for just no reason at all. Yeah. I mean that's a fault for both shows though. So. Yeah. But I, mean, I mean I'm I'm willing to overlook that in the case of Jungle Fury because I can make the argument that they didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> well, okay. So they're trying to adapt to Sentai. They had to sell the toys, so they had to do yeah. something there. Yeah. But. In in story explanation that I will accept is that they actually beat the masters fair and square. Yeah. In Jungle Fury, they beat them. Mm-hmm. Well, they overcame the tests that the masters yeah. went through. Right. They like the actual masters in, in hand-to-hand combat because they were no, like, no, but like they beat the tests. What I'm saying. Yeah. 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 But the Geki Rangers didn't win the test, and they still got the power up. So they're kind of teaching a wrong lesson to the kids of, hey, you don't have to win to get the cool thing. You can still put in minimal effort and still get it. You can throw a temper tantrum and throw the coins underground and still get your power up, kids. 
I mean, at least Ron and Retsu earned it. I mean, yeah, but it, but because it's a team unity thing, because of the body technique and heart, uh, heart they didn't earn it because one failed. It's meaning they all failed. I think ninety yeah. percent of the issues that we have with these characters is John. Why does he exist? <laughs> and they're no, supposed if, to be about this triangle, but yet he's the one that's like not bringing the triangle to what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I also, I also think the payoff for this episode would have been better if they if there was some like inner team uh, adversity, like they didn't like each other, like with Jetman. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. We literally just came off that. They had an episode where they finally, you know, came together as a team, and it felt like a journey. But yeah. this is this is supposed to be their moment. But like if if Ritsuo was like. Uh, taking a Digimon Savers look at this Toma, where he's because it's the same general idea. He's from a rich family. He's very big into the arts, but he thinks he's better than everyone else. If Retsuo had that kind of snobby, rich boy, egotistical attitude about him, and it clashed with John, who actually fits with Masaru, who's the very think first, ask questions later type of person. It could have led to some really cool dynamics that this final three-parter could have really... It, it's like everything about it would have had a bigger impact. But, yeah. again, no characterization. <laughs> it goes a long way, people. <laughs> Do we want to... Again, we pretty much covered the analysis thing. Like, Do we want to add anything else? Uh... Before we wrap up, guys, any closing thoughts? I hate John. <laughs> I yeah, think really, I didn't know you felt this way, Riz. <laughs> you want me to give you another rant? Because I will. <laughs> I, I, I really hope, like, again, it's been several years, I think, like, Almost like seven years since I watched this before. I really hope. I already know I'm not going to like Geki Chopper, but I really hope that Geki Violet adds some character for this. Like, please save us, Geki. I have a lot of faith in Violet to do something. I, I, I know that I like RJ better, but I still like Geki Violet. I remember doing that. And if you like RJ better, that's fine, but give Geki Violet a fair chance. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, guys? No, I'm ready. I'm good, I'm, man. I'm sick of tired of talking this season for this week. I just want to be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that wraps up this. Uh, we thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, next time, we will be uh, doing another 10 lessons from uh, 22 to 31. Um, we hope you guys will join us for that. Uh, Please, if you are watching this on YouTube, like this, uh, like the video and uh, subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed. We want to give another shout out to those who uh, listen to us on Spotify and iTunes. We love you guys. You guys, uh, we love all the uh, um, listen listens that you guys give us. Uh, please check us out at AnimeSecrets.org and our um, social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, 
If you liked uh, this and you're watching it on YouTube, please uh, give any comments down below on a Sentai you might like for us to cover. Uh, we always listen uh, to the, we always take your opinions into account. Um, once again, we thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, we will catch you guys next time with our Geki Ranger review. But until that time, we'll see you later.